I got I got a message today. This I I do my best not to sermonize. I don't want to come up here and have a good sermon. Um, I want you to hear uh, the word of God for today. And and I'm telling you, if you're watching or if you hear this on a podcast, I am. Uh, there's something about today. There's something about today, and you need to, you know, if you're if you're. Uh, uh, at home watching, go get your coffee, go use the restroom, and get back here. Okay? Don't do it in the middle. Uh, and the same for you that are here. Go do your stuff. If you got to fill your coffee cup, get. Because God wants to speak something into our lives. And um, um, so this prayer meeting afterwards is not just, I don't want to say just, because worship is a wonderful thing, but... but um, uh, I, I want to specifically pray for the Ukraine during this. Um, we're going to spend an hour. Um, that That's going to be my focus. Uh, the, if there's needs of healing, I want you to come and just expect that gift of healing to take place. But as I was praying before service um, uh, and praying in, in that vein for the Ukraine, I, I, I call me weird, but there was a connection <laughs> Uh, that that took place there, and and Ned he he kind of spoke it well. He's you know we're joining together with all, uh, not just all, all our brothers and sisters. I felt a connection with my brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. I'm not trying to make this up. Uh, and what I felt from what I sensed from that place was not despair by any means. But there was a praise that was coming from them towards God. And uh, you say, well, how can that be? And uh, you better listen to what I've got to say. Because it, it, it not only it can be, but it has to be. Not just in their lives, but in our lives as the, the world seems to be on, uh, you know, at a tipping point of going crazy. <laughs> you know, we, um, uh, we get in uh, the custom of our lives and, and things seemingly don't change. They change a little bit, a little bit, but we don't get to choose the time that we live in. There's been other generations that have experienced great change. And I'm telling you, there's great change coming. Okay. Uh, so, if you can, I know this is short notice, um, but if you can, stick around. Uh, right after service, we're gonna we're just gonna turn some worship music on, and just lift up uh, uh, our brothers and sisters there around the world. Pray against the evil that's 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 you know uh, being unleashed. And all of those things, and and um, I just am not trying to condemn you, um, but if you're going to go home uh, because you want to watch some ball game, um, you know, or you know, you got you got you got some real important thing that that's going to, you know, let me tell you what: if you were sick, uh, you'd go to the doctors and you'd wait in a waiting room for an hour. Wouldn't you? And then feel like, yeah, okay. And then feel like, oh my, okay, finally I get to see him. Well, Jesus 
at Gethsemane, turned to Peter and said, Peter, can't you wait with me? Can't you pray with me one hour? There was there are certain times that, well, okay, no, no big deal. But then there's other times uh, Gethsemane was a big deal. And Jesus needed his friends to support. So anyway, I'm saying that not to not to tell you or condemn you that are got to go because of certain reasons, but those of you that are lazy spiritually, I want you to wake up. Okay. So, uh, I am in a uh, NyQuil-induced uh, hangover. Okay? Uh, so, I have, I have no idea how this is all going to come out, uh, but I'm convinced that God wants to speak. And uh, as I said uh, at the beginning of this, we do not get to choose the time that we live, the time that we were born. And, uh, but we're living in some incredible times right now. If you've read it all uh, and, and you followed the current events um, where uh, Russia's ambition and, and really, it's not, you know, we can think of Putin as an evil man, but there's a spiritual wickedness behind that. It's not new. I read this morning how China has warned everybody not to arm Taiwan. Okay? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, the world's kind of at a tipping point here, folks. Uh, is it possible, not to bring fear, is it possible we're to the, the doorstep uh, of, of World War III. Possible? No, no, that'll never happen again. I didn't think, you know, they never thought World War II would happen. And, and I don't say that to, to bring fear. I just, there needs to be a soberness about where we are in time. And, and um, uh, the problem that we have, I, the, or that I have, I don't even know it's a problem. I think it's the reality that God's bringing into our lives. I don't even know um, uh, if I can believe my own government. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if they're telling me. That. There's so much information out there. What is true and what is not? We're, in, we're at a time where it's like, whoa, I, I, you know, the, there was a time if, if evil was against America, I had absolute confidence that, hey, we, there ain't no problem there. But I just don't have that today. I don't know if they're in league with them. I, and I'm not saying that to, you know, be sensationalist. I'm telling you my heart. I don't know who to believe. And, and so uh, it puts us in a precarious place. And, um, you know, uh, I, the reason I'm saying this, I believe, you think, well, man, it's so confusing and, and, and all of this, but I believe God is uh, 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 wanting the church in the day that we live to stand like it and, and, and declare His goodness like never before. And if we are distracted by the events of the world, we can miss what we're supposed to to be doing to fulfill His purpose. Let me say that again. If we're distracted by the events of the world, then we become so burdened with things that we 
we have no, I have no control over. Putin, um, whoever the guy is in China, China, or however Trump said it. The guy, you know, I have no control over, you know, our government system right now. I just, you know, and, and so here we are, we get all fired up and worried and, 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 and we shoot out memes and little posts and we think we're doing something. What does that matter? At the end of the day, what does that ma What does it do? But somehow we feel like we're trying to engage. And what I want us to understand is we need to engage. We have to engage. But we better engage the way God wants us to engage. And, and so, so here, here's just a couple things. In Galatians 4, 4 and 5, it says, And when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. But when the fullness of time had come. You know, Jesus could not be born one moment before or one moment after God's plan. When the fullness of time Came. I I understand that there are generations that have come and gone that it's seeming not very much changes, but there is a, a divine time frame that's ordained of God. You'll say, can we change that? Some people say, oh yeah, God will extend it. I'm telling you, God has already seen the beginning from the end. If you believe God can extend the time, it's because He already has. It's not like it's going to change right now. I'm telling you, there is a, a grand, uh, uh, in, in the stage of eternity, this is unfolding before us. And we get to live in the time that's right now. And, and, and what God is looking for and why He is particularly uh, chosen you to be here now in time. I'm not talking here gateway. I'm talking here now on the world stage is because He has called us to very specific uh, uh, um, action. You can think I am, again... You know, it's a sinus infection that's got my head screwed up. But I am here to tell you, if you look at history, God has chosen men and women to move through and declare His goodness in specific times. It just all suddenly unfolded upon them, and then they stood. I don't believe that uh, the man makes the time, but I believe the time that we live in make the men and women there. Here, here's another one here in uh, Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. It says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, had fully come, and the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
They were all in one accord, one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Do you know that was a divine appointment? That was a divine appointment. It didn't just happen that day. Oh, okay, it's a good day to receive and pour out the Holy Ghost. Bam, it happened. No. God said, that's the day. That's the time. He told them when, when Jesus was being taken up at, at, uh, on the Mount of Olives, he said, go wait in Jerusalem. He said, you receive power. And so 500 of them leave uh, that event of watching Jesus ascend. Ten days later, there's 120 of them in an upper room. I don't know where the other 380 went, you know, but I, I can imagine if they're like us, you know, they figured, well, if God's going to pour out His promise, He's going to do it between 11.15 and 11.25, and then we got to go, right? Or, you know, you got this, this much time. I'll give you a little bit of space. But there were some, there was 120 that had an understanding that they did not rule time, but God was going to do it in His time. And so, you know, one day they're praying, and they probably had all 500 and probably more, you know, friends and family, hey, something great's happening. Five, six, seven hundred people in a prayer meeting, woo! And, 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 you know, after 24 hours of prayer, it's like, well, nothing happened there. Let's go get some tacos. You know, let's go find out, you know, what's going on with the chariot races. And, 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 and so, you know, day number, uh, uh, the first day turned into the second and the third, and even those that were, you know, they're just all zealous, and, and all of a sudden the crowd continued to dwindle because they didn't understand that we as human beings don't possess that authority of God's time. And, and, and there's something about just waiting on Him and understanding in the process that He is absolutely at work. And so finally, as the days go by, day number 10, I don't know if they understood the prophetic word about the Spirit being poured out on Pentecost. But, but they came in as any other day just waiting on God, waiting with expectation that He will do what He said he'll, he, he would do. Let me tell you something. He will do what He said He'll do. If He hasn't yet, then I have one option to be patient and to wait. And you can wait in frustration, and you can wait throwing a pitch, uh, throwing a fit like a uh, like a three-year-old, or you can wait and saying, you know what, he will come through. And 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 uh, so these people on that day went in like the last days before, and what happened that day is. The day of Pentecost had fully come. It was time. 
And because those were there patiently waiting for God, those that were there, they received what God intended for that time. I, I don't know what uh, uh, about the others that hadn't w patiently waited, but uh, whether they got a part of it later on, um, but the reality of it is there's some of us here because we're not... We, we don't understand the time that we live in. We can be distracted, and we're going to miss what God is wanting to do through us. Never before in, in, in the, I, well, unless it was before the flood, has information been uh, so <laughs> widely dispersed. You know, they can... Uh, a battle across the world, and we can watch it on our phones. You know, we can see our loved ones and our friends, what's going on in real time. And, uh, and that, that is, that's a double-edged sword. On one side, it, it is so uh, um, powerful to, to know what's going on so that we can be effectively praying for the situation. You realize, you know, my mom was telling me back in um, in the 40s when she was a girl, uh, they would go to the movie theater, and for 10 minutes before the movie, they would uh, show the uh, newsreel about what's going on in World War II. And that would that was already a month old, or or you know, three, whatever it was. It was there was no there was no free. It just was something that took time. And, and so here we are now. It's like, man, we get everything. We, we can ju just so much information. And so one side is, yeah, okay, let's pray fervently. And, and uh, we can connect with that need. And I believe that that's a God thing. But other, the other side of that is we are so inundated and overloaded with information that some of you just are doing nothing. Or you take that information and you go the wrong direction with it. And uh, how many of you know that Israel were, were, they were praying at the time when Jesus was born, they were praying for a Messiah. You know, they were just why? Well, they were under Roman rule. They were believing that there was a deliverer coming like Moses. You know, to bring them out of Egypt, they thought there was going to be some, uh, you know, uh, strong, you know, leader come along and and shed Roman rule. And and there were and how many times and how many hours of prayer was made for the Messiah to come, but the Messiah wasn't going to come until it was the fullness of time. And then when it did come, when he did come, they had it in their mind what it should be. They didn't realize that he was going to come as a servant and come to be the sacrifice, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. They had no idea. And so, here we are in 2022, and we have an idea in our own mind what victory looks like. We have an idea what it is for the kingdom of God to come. We have an idea what it should be. 
But sometimes I wonder if our ideas and God's ideas don't mesh. And what's got to happen is uh, if one of us is going to change, guess who it's going to be? Okay, because he doesn't change. I want to find the mind of God in the day that we live. And I want to pray the prayers that he's called us to pray. So let me just tell you the events of uh, one generation and how they responded to it and what I believe is an example to us. If you read the book of Daniel, uh, there were four uh, Hebrew children that kind of stand out. It was Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is what they were named by the Babylonians. But these three boys were taken captive. They were taken, they were, they were uh, from uh, Judah, and they were taken from their homeland, and they were taken to Babylon. Now, why did that happen? They were the covenant people of God. Yes or no? They were the people of the promises of God. But yet, uh, uh, God gives Nebuchadnezzar uh, dominion and allows uh, him to uh, uh, invade Israel in triumph. Why? Because it was the will of God. Not because Israel set in, in motion events that brought about that captivity. That, that's, you know, I don't believe it was the will of God for Israel to go into captivity except that Israel left God and said, look, he said, I'm going to, you got to be away for 70 years. Long story short, God set a time for that to take place. And when the fullness of time came, Nebuchadnezzar comes in. He takes captives away. So here are these four young men. We see it as a story in the Bible. So then it becomes a story. But these were real people. Young men, all of a sudden ripped from their homeland. Where were their mom and dad? Who knows? Did they die? Or did mom and dad be in absolute terror and pain as their children are being taken away? You ever think about that? And, then, and there, you know, all, all of Daniel's friends and family, what was comfortable to him, to, for, for those other three Hebrew boys, everything that they, they just, the, the, you know, sameness of life over and over again and doing the crops and taking care, getting water and all of that, all of a sudden everything has changed in a moment because of the fullness of time. And they're drawn into a foreign land. I don't even know if they spoke the language. Can you imagine what was going on in their minds and hearts? Much like some people around the world today. You know, we, we live in relative security and safety, and, and, but there's people today, their lives are turned upside down. And, and so the question is, what do you do if you're a, 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 a covenant a believer 
If you are chosen by God as these four were, they were, they were God's chosen and they're in captivity and they're in a place and they're filled with just like, what's going to happen next? You ever get to that place in your life? What's going to happen next? Can the world get any crazier? Can my life get any crazier? And, and in the process of time, these four young men grew and, and, and they were trained there. And somehow in the midst of it all, their relationship with God became their priority. And what uh, everybody, you know, from the outside looking at it, you know, what an incredible evil, darkness, all of this stuff. But God used four young men to turn that world upside down. Why? Because they were just going to do the right thing in the moment. They were not great warriors. They didn't, you know, uh, 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 slay giants. They, they just stood when everybody else bowed. Uh, when, when the king became so livid because uh, of, of the uh, witchcraft and his kingdom couldn't figure out what was going on, there was a man who knew God. Daniel said, give me some time and let me pray. This guy, Nebuchadnezzar, was violent. He was going to kill everybody. And Daniel said, let me, give me some time. And God brings revelation because a young man knew how to pray. God... <laughs> causes Babylon and then that world kingdom to declare there is no other God but the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they had the conviction not to bow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine four young boys ripped out of their home? It wasn't just this surgical removal. They had emotions and feelings and, and sleepless nights and trauma and hurt. Talk about PTSD. They had every excuse to fold. They had every excuse in our mind to say, God, you, why aren't you taking care of me? I'm in your covenant. Why are bad things happening? Why did they see people get killed? I have no idea. But yet they did not point at God and say, well, I'm done with you. You know there's people that do that. You didn't do what I wanted you to do. You, you didn't come through when I thought you, listen, you don't hold the clock. He does. There is a time coming in the fullness of time that he's going to put it all right. It's not going to be all right here. It's not. We're going to suffer. We're, we're going to struggle. We're going to do all of these things. But I'm telling you, the darker it gets around us, it is all the more that we need to stand firm because God is going to cause you and I to shine, if you will. If you will. The idea that these young men were somehow super spiritual. 
they were just human beings that believed God. And so here we are in the day that we live. So what do you think's coming, Pastor? You know what? <laughs> I have no idea. But what I do know is that God is going to be faithful in it every single day. That He is going to show His glory. And it's going to come from the most unlikely sources. I, let me tell you, every time he moves, it's outside of what we think he's going to. He took 120, filled them with his spirit. And do you know the world was turned upside down? There is a danger. Okay, when you're walking the straight and narrow, listen to me. There's a danger on either side. Okay. There's a danger of thinking that you're irrelevant to what God is doing. Okay, the other there you know the idea of oh I'm I'm you know there what am I what do I'm gonna, what am I going to do? And then there's the other side of that is wow man I'm God's gift to the world and nobody's going to be saved without me. But there is that place that, God, I'm going to do what you called me to do in the time that I live. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to do it to grandstand. I'm not going to do it. I guarantee you those three Hebrew boys that stood when everybody else bowed, they didn't do that because they wanted to be in Biden's face. I mean, Nebuchadnezzar's face. They weren't just standing against the, 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 the political party of the day. They just did it because it was the right thing to do. We will not bow to a false god. We serve the living God. Well, you're going to die. Well, listen. If that's his choice, so be it. My God's able to deliver us. But if he doesn't, I'm still going to stand because it's the right thing to do. Some of you have left off righteousness because you're frustrated about God not coming through in the time that you think. Well, I've lost loved ones. I've done bad things. I'm, I'm dealing with sickness. I'm de- Wait. God is not finished with this. Wait till you see. Well, but, but, man, oh, man, wait till you see what unfolds next. So here, here it is. I'm going to wrap it up. It says, so when, and this is uh, John 21, 15. When, John, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? This was after the resurrection. They're on a boat, and Jesus is on the shore. And he said, hey, I got some fish here. Come on, I'll, I'll feed you breakfast. And Peter Looked, uh, one of them jumped off the boat and swam. But Peter stood on the on the edge of the boat and looked over, and the last thing, and the biggest thing in his mind, was it wasn't too many days before that that he cussed like a sailor, and said, "I never knew the man." Can you imagine the condemnation of Peter's denial? And there Jesus is. Like, what do we do? 
And uh, so Jesus restores Peter right here. And and I and I'm, I am I absolutely believe in uh, that ministry of reconciliation or restoration in our lives. We are in a constant state of being restored. Uh, there's seasons of our life, things change, and God is constantly doing and, and working in our lives. And, and so Peter at this moment, he needs God to come alongside and, and to bring some restoration. And so this is how it happens. He says, Peter, son of, son, uh, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? What are you talking about? What are these? You put in there whatever it is. Do you love me more than? I don't know what Peter wanted, whether he wanted fame or, or, or he was just so worried about his own uh, uh, life that why he denied Jesus. Or maybe he was mad. I think G Peter was still of the opinion that the Messiah that was to come was going to pick up a sword and fight and throw a Rome off and all of it. And when, when Jesus gives up like a weakling, I think that burly fisherman was ticked off. Everything that he thought Jesus was. Like, what is going on? And then so he denies him. He said, do you love me more? Do you love me more than your own agenda? That's a good question. Well, no, Jesus, I like you. I like hanging. You know? Well, I, I, I like, you know, what you have to say once in a while. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with, you know, giving you some time once in a while. But then he, he and Peter said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And I could go in the Hebrew and all that, and I, I don't like it. Or I don't, not that I don't like it. I don't need to. He said, feed my lamb. Sometimes we make it more complicated than what it is. There's a simplicity of, of the Savior talking to somebody who had fallen, and he's wanting to restore him. He said, do you love me? And Peter said, yeah, I do. He said, well, then feed my lambs. A purpose. If you say you love me, then here's what I want you to do. And, and so he says... Uh, to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Joni, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, then tend to my sheep. Now, I guarantee you, if Jesus asked me once, do you, Lord, uh, do you, do you love me, Wade? I, I, I would remember that. If he asked me a second time, kind of trying to get it in my head, right? And he says to him a third time. Like, oh my goodness, God, why are you doing why? And I, I think it was just driving home a point for Peter. He said, uh, Simon, son of Joni, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Again, purpose, direction. 
And he goes on, most assuredly, I say to you that when you're young, you're girded yourself, walk where you wish, but when you're old, you'll stretch out your hand, another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he was, uh, spoke signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Then Peter turning around, get this, and this is the point. Stand with me as I finish this. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. How many of you have ever heard Jesus say that? Follow me. He goes on to say, he says, uh, then Peter turning around saw the disciple who Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper, and he said, Lord, uh, and said, Lord, who is the one who to betray you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? For some reason, in all of that dissertation, and the, the, the declaration and the invitation of follow me, Peter is distracted by John. He said, Lord, but what about this man? So let me tell you what happens to us. I don't, I don't know, for you, what your distraction is. Jesus is declaring and asking to follow me. Follow me in the time that we live in. Follow me. It, 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 it could be to turmoil, but follow me. I'm, I'm going to be there with you. I'm not asking you to do great things. I'm just asking you to, to do my thing. I'm not asking you to turn the world upside down. I'm asking you to stand when everybody else is bowing. I'm asking you to pray when prayers need to be prayed. When destruction is declared by a spirit of darkness, I'm asking you to stand in the gap and watch me give you revelation like I did Daniel. Follow me. And, and so Jesus calls Peter to follow him. And Peter turns around, but what about this? May not be this man, but what about this? What about this wrong? What about that person? What about this situation? What about we could live all our lives saying, what about this? What about this? You know what? There's a lot of whatabouts that I can do nothing about. And that at the end of the day, as Jesus declared, he said, Really, Peter? He said, That's none of your business. It's not. There's some things that we get involved in that's really none of our business. There's some things that wrap us up emotionally and spiritually that keeps us from following Him. Hmm. True or not true? So I've said it. I'm not being... 
flippant about it, but I am here to tell you, folks, we're standing in a, such a unique time in world history, in world history, that God is wanting to do some things, and, and I don't care if it's great or small, if whether I'm abased or about, I just want to know that when I... When it's my time, when it, when I'm I'm right where he's wanting me to be. Well, I'm gonna close with this. Listen, the idea of well, I don't I don't like it. I don't you know there I, there's too much turmoil. This is the way I feel. This is the way I feel. Okay. Uh, where else are we gonna go? Honestly, think about it for a minute. I, I No, I'm not going to follow you, Jesus. Okay? Just what exact direction are you going to go in? When Jesus, you know, he, he, he said some hard things one time. There was a crowd. He was like a rock star. They, Woo, yeah. Then he said some things the crowd didn't like, and they turned around. They left him by the droves. And he turned to his disciples. He said, you, got, you guys leaving too? They looked at him and said, we have nowhere else to go. I'm going to tell you what. I don't have a plan B. I don't have an escape route. I, Jesus, I am in this. And I'm going to follow you. Whether it looks good or not good, whether people agree or disagree, man, I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. And if you have that heart, I'll, come on, just for a moment this morning as we close this part of the service. Father, I'm asking You to touch every heart and mind. Those that are listening to this in a podcast or, or watching it later on, God, that You would just put it in us. Lord, to stand in the day that we live, to realize that the time that we live, and, 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 and to, to walk. To walk. No, to do the things that are before us. Not to be worried about this. Other stuff that we can do nothing about. I speak your goodness and your favor, your blessing. Let revelation come this morning. I pray in Jesus' name.